tonight. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that the Holy Spirit is real and he's alive and he's in us. We thank you, Father, that the Holy Spirit has a voice and what he voices is what you tell him. And whatever you say is so. And we hear the voice of the Spirit. So, in essence, Lord, we hear your voice. And we thank you so much for speaking to us. Lord, we thank you that you are actively speaking to us. And we have ears to hear tonight, to hear what you're telling us so we can accomplish in this earth everything that you put us on this planet for. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Well, tonight we are in the beginnings of last couple of Wednesday nights, tonight and last Wednesday, in the beginnings of series that we're doing um, just foundationally on the Holy Spirit, whole series on the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of the Holy Spirit. The person himself, he's a him, not an it. Um, the, the gifts of the Spirit. Um, in, in, in the Gospels, we see Jesus operating in every gift of the Spirit. There's, in Ephesians, there's five ministry gifts. We see we have evidence of Jesus operating in all five of those ministry gifts when he was on the earth. Um, in 1 Corinthians 12, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. Um, gifts that are to be released in and through our lives um, for the good of others, for the profit. The, the scripture says it's to profit people. Um, in Romans chapter 12, there are seven gifts of the Spirit. And then in 1 Corinthians 12, toward the end of the chapter, there's a number of other gifts. So there's, there's many, many gifts of the Spirit. And we're, over the next however long, we're going to look at every one of those. And, and, and actually, <clears throat> we're going to take a gift. When, when we get on the gifts of the Spirit, we're going to take a gift each night that we talk, and we're going to expound on that gift. Some of the gifts may take more than one one night that we that we talk on it and but <clears throat> we're going to talk about the gifts and then we're going to have demonstrations of the gifts um, God in in the earth God wants the demonstration of his spirit through the gifts of the spirit so that people profit gifts aren't to be in operation so that you know everybody can just be awed the gifts are to profit people. Amen. They're to cause things to happen good in people's lives. Um, and then we're going to talk about, and, and we're going to talk about it probably a couple of different times in different ways, but we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what that is, what it looks like, and how that relates to every human being. It's, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not just for a select few people. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. And we're going to talk about it and look in the scriptures. And there's, there's six different times when the baptism of the Holy Spirit is talked about where there is evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there is a distinct difference between the baptism of the Holy Spirit and salvation. Where we see people are saved and then they're baptized in the Holy Spirit with different evidence, with, with the evidence of praying in other tongues, speaking in other tongues. So <clears throat> the, the Bible is very clear about it, and we will not, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just tell you today. We, we live in a society where everybody wants the supernatural. Everybody does. And 
I'm telling you, there, there, are some, there are some nutty ideas of the supernatural. I mean, el nutso. Amen? I mean, big time el nutso ideas about the supernatural. God is supernatural. And supernatural isn't always spectacular. It's just different than the natural. <laughs> and, and so when the super gets on the natural, you become supernatural. And that's what we want. We want to live and operate every day of our life in the supernatural. The empowered. God wants your and my natural life to be empowered with His essence, with His presence, with His ability. Why, why would we want to live in this earth and just get by and just function in the natural realm when we have at, at our access what we have given to us the ability to tap into the supernatural in everything we do? Why would we want to operate in anything less than super? Right? I've been in the natural. I like the super. Amen? Everybody say super. super. We're after the super. Amen? Because that's, that's our God. We're not after the supernatural just to go after the supernatural. We want the supernatural because that is who our God is. He's supernatural. He's beyond natural. Right? And that's who He is. We want relationship with Him so that the supernatural oozes out of us, and it's a part of our nature, it's a part of how we operate, not something that we're trying to attain. It's on the inside of us. The supernatural is in you. Amen? We want it coming out of us. We want to live in it all the time. So, I believe this is a... I've always told you that any time that I preach on the Spirit of God... It is the most important message on this earth that you and I need. We need to know about the person of the Holy Spirit. And many of you know it. Many of you that are here baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. It's real to you. But I promise you, as we go through these gifts, there are things that I'm teaching this time I've never taught before. Things that God's been showing me about the supernatural, about the, the person of the Holy Spirit that I've never seen before. And, and man, I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm excited about the Holy Spirit in ways that, I, that I've never seen before. I'm beginning to see now that I'd never seen before. And, and, and what's out there, you know? What our future holds in the supernatural. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I, I, all I can do is talk about myself. I can't talk for you. I can help you and encourage you, but I can't talk for you. I can talk about myself. The earth is in a good place if everybody has the desire that I have for the supernatural. The earth is in a good place. Because see, it's not about one person tapping into the supernatural. It's about all of us. We don't want to leave anybody behind. We don't, we don't want to appear that, well, you know, I know all this. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you know. It's what you're doing with what you know. That's why a person can be saved for two days. And they're operating in what they've heard in, in, in more faith and more confidence because of what they're learning to believe in the moment than some people that have been saved for 40 years. What well, matters is what you're doing with what you hear. <clears throat> so... Shared a little bit last week, but <clears throat> what I'm doing tonight is I'm going to share with you the, the best place to start in talking about the Holy Spirit is looking at the life and the ministry of Jesus and how he saw the Holy Spirit and what he said about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit operated through him. That's the best place to start. So probably another... Tonight and, and, and maybe even another couple of weeks, we're going to look at the ministry and the life of Jesus with the Holy Spirit. And uh, last week we read these two passages, and I'm going to read them again. John 5 and verse 30. And these are two things that Jesus said. Kind of taking up, if you didn't hear last week, you can hear it online. Um, 
you can download it or listen to it. Um, and um, <clears throat> I'd encourage you to on all these to get them and get the messages and listen to them and, and go back and meditate on them more and more and more and do, do things with them. Um, verse 30 of John 5 says, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said this, I can of myself do nothing. Wow. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. This is what Jesus said. I can of myself do nothing. I can on my own do nothing. I can't do a dang thing like you'd say in Texas. On my own. In other words, I need help. In other words, you need help. In other words, Jesus needed help. He couldn't do it on his own. Why? <clears throat> because without the help of the Father, the only way to the Father is through the Holy Spirit. Without the help of the Holy Spirit from the Father, then he's going to operate in the natural. And the devil always wins when we remain in the natural. When we just think we know what's right, when we just suppose we know what is right about specific things, the devil always wins. Where the devil has no authority and no power and he always loses because he's a loser because he was already defeated is when you and I go beyond the natural and tap into the super. That's what Jesus did. That's what we have to do. Amen? John 12 and verse 49. For I have not spoken, this is what Jesus said, I've not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command. What does that mean? If I tell Corey, Corey, I command you to go get me some water. No, no. <clears throat> right? If I'm commanding him, then I'm speaking to him, right? So the command that Jesus got from the Father was spoken to him, and the only way in the earth when he was in this body like this that he could hear from the Father was through the Holy Spirit. So he said, I've not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that His command is everlasting life. In other words, God's not going to tell you to do something that's not going to produce. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. In other words, what he's saying right there is, so I don't say anything unless I get it from God. I don't do anything unless I get it from God. Because of myself, I can do nothing. So if I'm just having a bad hair day and I'm frustrated and I'm just going to go do stuff anyway and I'm going to be ugly and do all these kind of things, that wasn't from the Father. And when your day doesn't work out because you operated in the flesh and you can't blame God because he didn't tell you to act like that that's what we have to learn how to do every day again I said last week that you know I've heard people say this I had a lady tell me this years ago when I lived down in the valley she was telling me when, when she was telling me something was happening in their family and and I told her I'd prayed she told me she said well you know I wouldn't bother God with this. He's got too many other big things to deal with. But that's the problem. That's the problem with most people. That's why people don't listen to God every minute of every day or develop the ability to hear every minute of every day. Um, if you are in school and you're listening to a teacher teach, do you get everything that they say in, in, in one lesson? 
So like, so you, you go, you, you start and let's just say you're, it's your first year of college and you're taking some kind of college algebra or some kind of college math and, you, and you've never heard some of these things taught and so the teacher gets up like this and they start, the, the teacher starts teaching you about math and you're hearing what the teacher's saying, but are you really hearing what they're saying? Not really. You're hearing, but you're not really hearing and getting everything that they're saying. It's impossible because you don't know this information. This is the first time you've heard it. So what do you do? You take what they say, they've given you a book, and you do what? You go home, you read it, you study it, you take notes while they're talking, and the notes that you take and the things that you read from the book, you begin to put them together and you begin to understand. Then when you've done some work with it, the next time you hear them teach on it, it makes a little more sense. Right? It's the same way. It's the same way with the kingdom of God. We don't know things about what's ahead, but He does. And we have to learn every day how to hear His voice. We have to know that he wants to tell us. Would, would God ask you about what you're going to wear? Well, God, give me a brain. I can figure out what to wear. I don't know about you, but man, there's days when I can't figure out what to wear. And I'm in, I mean, I'm in my closet and I'm thinking, you know, man, I've worn this so many times. I don't, even, I don't even like this thing. Throw it over here. And, and so I started... You know, I thank God for a great wife that helps me to dress, you know. But I, I go in, in, my, in my closet now, and I ask God, what do you want me to wear? Well, that sounds kind of stupid. I mean, you know. If you think of God like the lady did in the valley, well, God's got a lot more important things to do. No, 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 it's not about God, it's about you. Can God, can you hear God, can you get a witness in your spirit? I'm not talking about an audible voice, but can you get a witness in your spirit about what God wants you to wear? About what God wants you to eat? About what God, things that He wants you to look at and watch and pay attention? Can you get a witness about those things? If you're not practicing on a day-to-day -day basis with little small things, how are you going to hear Him about big things? Jesus asked him about everything. So in essence, you know what Jesus said in, in, the, in the John 5.30? He said, he said this. On my own, I can't dress myself. That's what he said. On my own, I can't dress myself. On my own, I may eat some wrong stuff. I may pull into Dairy Queen and get me a blizzard. Everybody say, whoo. <clears throat> and you know, you say, oh, you know, God would never want you to have a blizzard. No, wrong, wrong, wrong. God likes you to enjoy things at times. Yeah, but you don't know what all, I'm telling you, if you've never heard that, you don't know how to hear God wants you to not be under the law about something. But listen, if you can have a blizzard and you want to please God, then you really won't want to have a blizzard. If a blizzard's wrong. You, you, you see what I'm saying? See, it, it's the law thing that makes us want to have them. <laughs> How many of you have ever heard my story about the... Uh, Apple fritters. Four of you? Okay. <clears throat> That's good. That, that means I can tell this one. So, you know, I was... How many remember the Donut King? The Donut King, right on Main Street. Woo, man, the Donut King. Saturday mornings, I'd go in the Donut King. I'd go buy donuts for the family. And... I just, you know, the, 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 the apple fritters at the Donut King were like, they seemed like they were like this. That was like one, you know, it wasn't that big, it was probably, but it was like that big. It was huge. 
And oh my gosh, I knew when the woman that made them, I knew, I knew what time they were coming out of the oven and they were hot. I mean, they just kind of melted in your mouth. And I'd go sit in there and I'd get donuts for everybody, but I'd buy two apple fritters. And I'd eat one. And I kind of wouldn't say anything about it. <laughs> and then I'd come home and then everybody had their donut and I had my apple fritter. <laughs> and I just couldn't help myself, you know? And, but how I many know lying about what you're eating like that doesn't do anybody any good? So well, one day I, I, I'm, I'm driving to the Donut King. I can remember it. I can remember this day. I'm driving to the Donut King. And inside of me, I, I felt like God said to me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, I, I, I want my fritter. And then when everybody else is eating a donut, I, I ought to be able to eat another one. But those things were massive. And they just weren't real good for you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, every once in a while, but not two in a sitting. You know what I'm saying? And from that, I, I learned, and I've learned and continue to learn, that there are things that you can hear God about that you would think he wouldn't give, he wouldn't care about. But we see Jesus, and we, if we're modeling our life after him, we see he didn't dress himself. He didn't do of myself. I can do nothing without God. Nothing. Nothing. So, I'm telling you, and what I'm encouraging you about is, uh, um, get me, a, get me uh, on the other side of that curtain right there, there's some red chairs. Bring me a red chair. Uh -huh, and set it right there for me, please. Thank you. <clears throat> what, what I want you to do is, and I'm going to challenge you on this throughout the, the weeks and months ahead as we're talking about the Holy Spirit. I want you to, thank you, I want you to think about the Holy Spirit as a person and Him being with you. So the rest of the time that I'm speaking, I want you to think of the Holy Spirit being here with us, sitting here in this chair. Because what I know about my own life, that if I get away from my awareness of Him, then I stray. After 40 years... If I'm not aware of him every day, I stray. So, is it a labor? Is it a law that I have to be aware of the Holy Spirit? If I want to live beyond just the natural realm and what... Okay, in the natural, they, they can tell you all kinds of things. In the natural, they can tell you and give you a, a diagnosis in your physical body and say, well, this is what's wrong with you and this is what's going to happen to you. But beyond the natural, there's a supernatural diagnosis and it says, by his stripes we were healed. See, the only way to know that is day to day be aware of this because there are things that the Holy Spirit will tell you about what you should do for your body, things to your body, things in, in different ways, and he will remind you of those things all the time. I need to be aware of that all the time of the person of the Holy Spirit. See, I, I've been without him. I've gone through dark times or, or you know, a, a time or two when, when it seemed like God wasn't there. I don't like those times. But in those times, if you keep pressing into him, the, the times leave, the things the, the, the situations move aside, you get through them, you go to the other side. I'm going to tell you this. Trials and t tribulations themselves on their own will not teach you a thing. They'll not teach you anything. Except coming out on the other side mad, bitter, and angry. But if God is, becomes God in the midst of what you're going through, you'll come out on the other side with 
a testimony of the greatness of God and what God can do and what he'll do and what he'll do every single time. After 40 years, there's not anything. Sunday morning, in our, in our prayer time, somebody had a prophetic word, just a one sentence. Nothing is impossible with God. Prophetic. I'm telling you tonight, that's prophetic for you. Nothing is impossible for God. I said nothing. Absolutely nothing is impossible with God. So there's not anything that cannot be accomplished. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what you're, you're dealing with in life. I don't care what you've come through or what, what it seems like you came through and you're still dealing with something. I'm telling you, if you'll press into the things of God, there's always an answer for everything we face, no matter what it is. Jesus became convinced of that. After 30 years a preparation in his heart and his life, he became convinced. Without him, I can't do, I can't even dress myself. You've got to process that. You've got to work through that because we've been taught, hey, I don't have to ask God what I'm going to wear. Okay? Look ugly. No, <laughs> I'm just teasing. That's a joke. but God will show you what to wear and he'll bless you to be able to wear things that you want to wear never wear something to impress someone other than your mate don't wear something so somebody thinks you're something don't ever have something or own something or buy something to just think that the world's going to be impressed nobody's impressed you obey God and you know that the Bible says that God desires for us to richly enjoy the things of this earth. He created this earth for our good pleasure. Wow. So I, I promise you, however you think you're enjoying life, if you're not connecting with him about how to enjoy life, you're, you are shortcutting and short-circuiting yourself from the pleasures of this world. Because God's got a whole better way of enjoying life than you and I can dream up in our heads. Remember, Jesus said, I can't do anything without him. Not without him. So, we're going to look at, just for the rest of the time that we have tonight, we won't get through both of these, but I'm going to look at pieces of John 14 and John 16. John chapter 14 and John chapter 16. I'm going to start with verse 1 in 14, and then I'm going to jump over in a minute as we read a little bit here over to John 16 in verse 1, and then we'll get as far as we can, then we'll pick up in these two passages again next week when we get to the end of this. Um, So I'm going to read this really slowly, and I want you to hear what I'm reading. Verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. What does that mean? Don't let your heart be troubled. That's what it means. <laughs> Don't be upset, frustrated. Don't let anything get to you. Quit worrying. Yes. Quit worrying. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, there's a lot been taught in these passages, and there, there's different truths that are here, but we're along a specific line about what Jesus was trying to get over to his disciples regarding him leaving the earth. This is before the cross, and Jesus had not paid the price yet, but he's on his way there. And along the way, they were troubled at different things that went on or happened or whatever. And he's saying to them, don't let your heart be troubled about anything. I'm going to say it again. Do not be worried, fretful, upset, troubled about anything. And, the, and, he, and he tells us how to, and the only way to do it, believe in God, but believe also in Jesus Christ. And to believe in Jesus Christ, you have to believe in the person of the Holy Spirit that we've been born of. We're born again of the Spirit. The Spirit reveals to us the heart of the Father, and if we're listening, 
as, as I'm teaching this tonight, if you take what I'm telling you and you let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you personally, the Father will tell you all kinds of things. When you read a verse like that, let not your heart be troubled. Don't worry or be fretful about anything. What that means to Dale is even different what it, than what it means to his wife. What it means to Brian is different than what it means to Sandra. What it is to each person in here is different than the next. That's why, thank God, we got the Holy Ghost. And He can tell you what that means for you. See, if you're sitting there thinking, man, I'm hearing what God said about that, and Josh, all I can think about is Josh. No, 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 that's not the Holy Ghost. No, it has to do with you. Now, it could be that way because somebody was troubled about a specific thing and they told you about it and you're in agreement. Man, and you know they're sitting in here tonight, so you're, you're in agreement, but you're not hearing for them. See, you're hearing on behalf of them, but not for them. You can only hear for yourself. I can't hear for you. I can help you here. I can teach you how to hear. I can teach you about the Holy Spirit who is the helper to help you learn how to hear the voice of the Spirit. But I can't hear for you. You can only hear for you. Let not your heart be troubled. And how do you do that? Believing in the Father, believing in the Spirit, and believing in the Son. Believing in who they are and what they've done and what they've accomplished. He said, and I just, where I left off, he said, now I go to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, like I said, these passages and scriptures can mean different things. But when he said, in my father's house there are many mansions, that word mansion in the Greek is defined as a dwelling place. There are many mansions. In my father's house there's many dwelling places. Now, a lot of people teach from this, from this passage of scripture right here, that God has built me a house in heaven. He's built me a place in heaven. Now, I don't have time to get into that, okay? And I'm not saying that that's not necessarily right per se, but I don't think that's what his main focus was here. I believe what he was talking about is that he was going to prepare a place in heaven for you and I, and that place was at the right hand of the Father preparing all of these dwelling places in us so that when He left, that we could embrace Him. So what He was doing on the earth, that we could do the same thing. And the reason is because when you read here, that was His main emphasis. Now, now I'm, I'm there, but I'm going to jump a couple of places. Okay? Look over in... Chapter 16 and verse 1. These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that they offer God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them, and these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now, verse 5, everybody say now. Now. When's now? The now was then. He said, but right now, I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me where you're going, but because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. I mean, rightly so. Nobody had demonstrated miracles and had manifestations like Jesus in the earth. Man, they were upset. What do you mean you're leaving? It's not going to profit us that you go. We need you to hang around, and we're just going to follow you around for the rest of our life, and everywhere you go, miracles will happen. That's not what he came for. He came to show you what it's like to be connected to God through the person of the Holy Spirit, And he said, it's going to profit you. Remember, Holy Spirit's right here. 
I think he likes what I'm saying. Thank you. I say that truthfully. I, I think he likes what I'm, I'm talking about him, and I think he likes it. He wants me not only to talk about him, he wants me to be aware of him all the time. I heard somebody do this thing with the chair years and years ago, and I set a chair, there was a time I set a chair by my bed. So when I'd wake up, I'd see that chair and I'd think about the Holy Ghost. Do things that make you more aware of his presence all the time because he's got the goods, he's got all the answers, everything we need in life, he's got it. All we got to do is get it from him. Now watch, this is what he said to him. Nevertheless, verse 7, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the helper, the helper, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. There's a whole other thing. We're not getting into that tonight. But what he said was, it's going to profit you and I that he goes away because then when he goes away and he goes and prepares a place at the right hand of the Father for you and I, then the Holy Spirit is sent and now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And because he's at the right hand of the Father, he's created this environment for the same Spirit that lived in Him to live in you and I. And if that same Spirit's living on the inside of me, then, and, and we'll read this, this will be some of the last verses that I read, then He says, the works that I do, you'll do, and even greater works. Because why? Because I've gone to the Father. I've gone to prepare a place for you. I'm, what I'm doing is empowering you to do what I did. And you know how you get there? You come to the revelation that he did, and it was this. I can't dress myself without the Holy Ghost. That's how much help I need. Notice, it didn't say he was the doer. It said he was the helper. He didn't say he was the doer. Well, I'm just, I'm just rolling on. Let God do it. You know, God's already done everything he's going to do. And everything he did was so that now I could be empowered to do what he tells me to do. He's not the doer. He's the helper. So he'll help you to do everything you need to do. Think about it for a moment. And I have to think about it myself. How many things in life have I done without his help. And the only reason I did some of the things that I did without his help is because I didn't ask him. And then didn't take enough time to make sure that as I ask him, if it took a, a day, a week, a month, a year, two years, whatever, that however long it took for me to know that I know that I know that I know it's right for me, I'm going to stay with it. And all along the way, I'm going to be faithful in the little things. I'm going to be faithful to learn to ask him about little things and watch the way you just have this awareness of the things that he'll tell you to do. Now, I just encourage you. What I'm sharing with you tonight, don't try to explain it to everybody. You know, because not everybody, I mean, some of you, Maybe looking at me like I'm nuts anyway, what I'm saying. But not everybody's going to embrace what I'm telling you about asking God about everything in life. But maybe it's just me. Maybe I just needed a lot of help. But I need a lot of practice. And I need ongoing practice so that I don't get tired of asking and waiting and listening and processing to the point that I get frustrated and I just go do it on my own. Remember, Jesus said, of myself, I can't do a thing. And Jesus can't do anything without him? Who the heck am I? I think I am to go do something and I didn't get his help. I didn't ask him, didn't wait for his answer, and, and I got busy and, and got out there ahead of him and, and then 
destruction. Every mistake that you and I have ever made was made without the help of the Holy Ghost. Now, I mean, you know, you can be honest with yourself or not be honest, be in pride and, you know, take whatever you want. I can tell you where my mistakes have been. I know because I made mistakes because I didn't, I was, you know, oh, you know, God will bless this. God will bless it. I mean, it seems really good. Remember, there's a way that seems right that's wrong. Actually, it's not only wrong, but leads to destruction. (laughs) But thank God for the mercy of God, or we'd all be destroyed. Right? Thank God for the mercy of God, or we would be destroyed. But you know what? Today, and during this whole series, as we talk on on the Holy Spirit, and we talk about the gifts, I... I tell you what, my faith is out for each and every one of you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit in a stronger way. Some of you that have never even known what the gifts are, you are maybe afraid of the gifts or whatever. Excuse me, Holy Spirit, almost tripped over. (laughs) And you know, I'm not making light of the Holy Spirit. This is real. This is, you, you know, you keep looking at the chair we're making, we're making ourselves more aware of his presence all the time. And it's real. And he's not weird. He's real. You remember when Paul said, I become all things to all people that I may win some? That's where the Holy Spirit is. He's Texan. But he's Aussie. And he speaks Afrikaans. And he's knows Mexico City like the back of his hand. He knows all people. Because there's only two races of people in the earth. Two. Saved and those that aren't saved. And the ones that aren't saved, it's God's will for them to all be saved just one race of people doesn't matter the color of our skin come on come on come on now there's no race all you are is made up of several buckets of water and several buckets of dirt i don't remember what they actually were two and five or something like that but your flesh is made up of water and dirt and the reason that our skin is different colors is because some people's skin was made with a little darker dirt or a little lighter dirt. <laughs> when you look at it like that, it, it's not that big of a deal. You know what's a big deal? Culture is a big deal. And we should embrace the culture that we've been raised in. And we should love the culture that we were raised in. And if there needs to be changes made, make the changes. Holy Ghost, He embraces all culture. All colors of skin. There is no race in the things of God. He, he embraces every, he, He's all things to all people. So He relates to us and He knows how we think. And He'll speak to you in Texan. Like if he's trying to get your attention and you'll listen to him and you let him talk this way. Hey boy. Somewhere else where they use proper English, you know. <laughs> Some, you say hey boy and then they're thinking, what was that, you know. But he'll talk to you the way you can hear. I mean that's how much, gosh, that's how much he loves us. That's how much he wants our attention and wants He wants to be in the midst of everything that you're doing. Everything. Remember what Jesus said. Can't do anything on my own. Can't even dress myself. Can't even dress myself. Back to 14th chapter and look at, um, let's just read on from there. Verse 4, and where I go, you know, 
and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man, no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, Show us the Father? Verse 10, Do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Well, they, they believed the works. Verse 12, these next six verses. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go where? To prepare a place for you. Where? With the Father. Where I'm going, you don't know because you've never been there, but I'm telling you I'm going there and I'm going to prepare a place. And when I sit down at the right hand of the Father, it's a finished thing. And now I can live on the inside of you and that dwelling place inside of you is going to be prepared to handle anything that I tell them. In other words, you and I, we can handle anything God tells us. But how many know... If you've not learned how to hear the voice of the Father in little things like Dada and Mama, how are you going to know words and things that he's trying to say to you that are more on an elevated, educated place? Same way in the natural that it works. A, a little baby, when it's born, has to develop its speech. Well, it's the same thing that we have to do. We have to develop our ability to hear God in the little things that he talks to us about so that when bigger things come down the road, we're able to handle it. You know why? Because most of the things that God will tell you to do, the world will tell you you're nuts. Most of the things. And if, you, if you're not, if, see, if you'll go beyond and, and say, and you'll, you'll take the challenge to ask God what you're going to wear on a daily basis. I'm just using that as an example. If you'll take that challenge and, and the little simple little elementary thing of, of asking God something and listening to him about what you're going to wear or, what, or whatever it is. The little simple things. If you're willing to do that and you actually begin to believe that you hear something from God about that, you think it'll get your attention? I imagine. Especially if you've been the type of person, you could have been born again all your life, and, and you make this comment, and it comes out of your mouth all the time. You just never know what God's going to do. Man, I know many people that think that. They you just never know what God's going to do. I mean, he might do this, and he might do this, and he might do that. That's not the God I serve. Not the, that's not the God of the Bible. You can know exactly what God will do if you'll take the time to develop your ability to hear. Most assuredly, I say, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, we're going to look at that passage again next week in light of some other things that I'm going to share. But verse 15 through 18, I want to read, and I'll finish with this. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I'll not leave you helpless. I'll not leave you on your own. I will come to you. That's what he said. 
That's what he said he would do. I'll come to you. I'll be with you. I've prepared a place for you. And where I'm going to prepare a place, that's not where you're coming to. I'm coming to you by the person of the Holy Spirit so you can hear the voice of God. God is interested in everything about your life. I don't care what it is. He's interested in it. Notice he said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you, verse 16, he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. God is intended for your life to be helped. We don't have to go, we don't have to come to the end of this life and things be in shambles. And you know, it really doesn't matter how you start. And wherever your journey is today, that's not most important. What's really important is where you end. And what will cause you to end long and strong on the earth, live long and live strong on the earth, is live the way Jesus lived. He did only what he heard from the Father. If Father didn't tell him what to do, he did nothing. He didn't do anything except what the Father said. Tonight, my prayer for you is that all this coming week from now till next Wednesday, all this coming week, number one, that you'll come back next Wednesday. That's my prayer for you. But all, all from now till next Wednesday, that your awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit will come to a new height, a new level of being aware of Him every day and that you will, if you set a chair out by your bed to remind you or you put a little something on a mirror, you know, Holy Spirit is here. Whatever it is to remind you every day, wait a minute, I'm not on my own. I'm not doing this thing on my own. I have a helper and He is the ultimate helper and He knows how to help but he won't do it for me, but he'll help me do it. And that you remember that, and you meditate on that, and you live in that place, there's, not, there's no end to what you can do and what you can accomplish in this life. I tell you what, what I shared with you tonight was pretty elementary. It's elementary, but elementary is what we need. Keep everything simple. Break it down to where you know that you know that you know. Some of the things I said to you tonight, some of you, it's the first time you've ever heard it. But I'm telling you, it's truth. Because I read it right out of here. And it'll produce for you, just like it did for Jesus, if you learn to embrace it and to receive it. On my own, can't do a thing. But with Him, I can do all things. Amen?